ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome, friends, to another fabulous edition of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Well, I guess we'll find out in about 90 minutes or so if it's fabulous or not. But it's an addition. It's definitely Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Thank you all for being a part of the show. As always, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, rate, review, do the whole deal. Interact with the podcast. It helps more than you could possibly, possibly know. Um, I also want to thank everybody uh, for how much, uh, for all the comments and feedback I got from last week's episode with Tyler Aston. Uh, I'm Skyler Aston. Tyler Aston. Skyler Aston. Um, I was just, the reason I got caught up was because I was looking at my replica WWF World Heavyweight Championship, the Winged Eagle Belt, from, you know, 89 to 90, what, 6? And it looks like, you know the bottom where it says Wrestling Champion and it looks like a black banner? What the hell? I can't believe I've had this thing for a long time, and I just noticed I had to find one with the WWF logo on it. So it's got the original WWF block logo on it. It's one of my favorite things that I have. I wanted it for so long, and I just realized that the banner where it says Wrestling Champion on it, see this belt? It says Wrestling Champion on it. It's black. And it kind of folds over. Like the design looks like a banner that's been folded over, but it's black. And on as, as I'm looking at the title, the left side is black, but the right side isn't painted. Oh, my God. What happened? Let me look up pictures of the WWF Championship to see if, if, if this is some kind of WWF Winged Eagle original, watch this, logo. Because the, the other side's not painted, it looks like. Let me look here. Yeah, these are all painted. What the hell? If you look up, if you Google what I just Googled, you'll see. Original logo, everything. You'll click the thing, and you'll see under it. It says world, and then an eagle, and then a globe, heavyweight wrestling champion. And where it says wrestling champion, for me... The left side is black and the right side isn't painted. That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Why would mine be different? Oh, whatever. I'll figure it out. Just get the nail polish. That should do the trick. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast. Thanks, Skylar Aston, for being on the show. Uh, we got another great show for you this week. Um, I'm going to try not to spend the whole thing complaining about Raw, but it'll be tough. Uh, I also want to thank Wade Keller. You can download his podcast from PW Torch. I got to do that with him this week. I complained about Raw enough over there. Uh, but on my podcast this week, Adam Rose is my guest. Yes, Adam Rose. Uh, I had him up to the SiriusXM studios a little while back uh, when he was uh, in New York. Um, and we basically talk about what life was like before WWE. The, to me, the most interesting stuff and I'm glad we spent some time on it, is the pre-WWE stuff, the stuff where he's homeless and growing up in South Africa. Like, I did not realize the stuff that he went through before he got to WWE. That, to me, as you listen to it, I'd love to hear your feedback on that because, to me, 
that was the most interesting part. And then, of course, we get into some of the trials and tribulations of uh, being a member of the WWE roster and what he expected and what actually happened and how the whole thing ended up becoming one big mess. We get into all of that. So before we do the state of wrestling, let's start with our interview for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Rose. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Uh, former Adam Rose from WWE, now uh, Aldo Rose. You got it right. Ray LaPon <laughs> is he has stopped by the show because we're gonna uh, record for the wrestling podcast. But I figured if you're here, might as well have you on the show. How's it going, man? If not, why not? I yeah. guess, right? Talking to that. How's, if how's, not, why not? Is that better? That's perfect. Is that better? How's life? Life is fantastic. Yeah. I just actually came from a show right now, and uh, it was great. Fantastic. So, so is this? This is uh, you're you're just fresh. Off of out of your WWE contract, yes. Is this the first big weekend of indie gigs for yes. you? This would be the first competition I've actually had since uh, since it all went down. So it's the beginning, yeah. And not only is it the beginning of indie gigs in general, I mean since WWE, but this is like your first run on the American Indies, really, right? Ever, yeah. I like I, I missed that because I went straight from basically wrestling in Africa. To wrestling for FCW, to wrestling for NXT, to the main stage. So, so what was it? What was it like? So that was your first show. That was my first uh, official American indie show, and I, it, was, <laughs> it was it was an it was an experience. It was it was it was a lot of fun actually. What did it, what did it, what is it like? Because a bunch of the guys, obviously, that you worked with before uh, in WWE, had gone through the whole indie yeah. thing, so you were aware of it. And obviously, as a wrestling fan, yeah, you know what the world is. But what was that like to experience? Well, I mean, I always felt like I missed out on it. Yeah. Like it was an experience I wanted to get, and I never got it. Because I think that people don't, like, for those that are not as familiar with wrestling, um, like, you think of indie shows, and a lot of people are just like, oh, like those gym shows from The Wrestler. Yeah. But you don't understand that, like, th those are the shows where wrestlers actually have this opportunity to be as creative as you want to be. You get to literally do, especially in your position, mm -hmm. literally do whatever you want to do. Exactly. The window is artistically open. Yes. And that's beautiful because you get to be able to express yourself the way you want to express yourself and not be the expression of someone else. Right, right, right. And so what did you come to the table with a ton of ideas as far as performing? I, I, I know exactly what I want to do. You do? I, I've always known exactly what I want to do. So <laughs> that's not a question. And now I just get this platform where I can finally put it out there. So it's a lot of fun. Is it weird to like uh, – because you're conditioned for so long uh, – having bosses mm -hmm. like do you get there being like well who am i who should i clear everything with and who should i or are you ready to just jump in and be like okay so i just go out there and do what i want do what i want yeah, <laughs> yeah i think i have moments like that where right. I, think, like, I feel like i should be talking to somebody about this but um luckily i don't have to so i have this open window of joy and excitement and i can do whatever i want which yeah. is crazy yeah and cook it out of hand real quick Man, and I have you. Do you like? Is there any thought at all about leaving the country and going back to South Africa? Or is this is America? No, I got my kids here, and right. my family's here, my wife's here. So I mean, and South Africa is a whole different ballgame, you know. So, yeah. I, I I I don't mind going back on a holiday, but I I would never take my kids to live there just because it's not safe. It's not safe. No. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. And you had a, you had you had kind of a rough upbringing there. Yeah. In South Africa, so was wrestling kind of an escape for you? Uh, wrestling saved my life, actually, because if you look at it, I was um, homeless for two years. And uh, the bribe and my mom used to get me to come home was wrestling. 
How so? So how did that work? So you're a teenager. Yeah. And how what, how old were you? I was 14. So you're 14. And what do you say? Like, Mom, I'm leaving? No, they had moved to Johannesburg. We were living in Durban, South Africa. They had moved to Johannesburg, South Africa, and I just refused to move with them. Mm-hmm. And, and Why? Why? Because I was a naughty little teenager wanted to do what he wanted to do. Right. And I thought I was... I thought <laughs> so I was, this is even... This, is, this yeah. is the indie wrestling mentality when you're yeah. 14. Like, no, exactly. no, 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 no. I want to do I what I want to do. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so I, I stayed with like a friend of mine for like two months. That fell apart and I was homeless. And I refused to go home out of pure stubbornness and stupidity. And uh, were you a big fourteen year old? I feel like when no, I was I was skinny. I was I was like a buck fifty. Right. <laughs> where, where do you get the courage at fourteen to like make your own decision? I, feel I don't, when I was fourteen I was tiny yeah. and like I would try to say, Well no, I don't have to do this. My parents would go, Yes you do and I I guess I do. Well they were in Johannesburg. They already moved, so they can do anything <laughs> about it. But at the end of the day, um I thought I was bulletproof. I thought I could do whatever I wanted to do. And uh did it for two years and then I remember the moment when I realized I needed to go home was uh, the moment I almost ate food out of the trash. And then I said, all right, this is too much. Right, because then it goes from like, I'm just trying to make it on my own to like, no, I'm actually just a yeah, homeless guy. I'm just a homeless dude right just now. Eat so, garbage yeah. that, it didn't <laughs> exactly. work. Exactly, no, that sucks. <laughs> so I don't want to be a, a homeless dude. That would suck. Yeah. yeah. So, so, what it, so, so how, do they, how do they get you, how do they use wrestling to get you back? Well, my mom had at work met one of the guys that was a wrestler. So uh-huh. through him... I ended up going to my first – well, he took me to meet the promoter who was Justin Gabriel's daddy. And, wow. And, yeah. And uh, Justin Gabriel's daddy actually said I was too small and skinny and get away from him. And then, <laughs> um, and then, then he thought, oh, hang on. My kid can wrestle him. Right. Aha. So then he brings Justin in, and then me and Justin would open up the shows. These right. T- t- like, I think he was like a year younger than me. Like, and these two kids opening up the shows. So you got these teenagers, and, and at that point, because yeah. like, teenagers are invincible. You're both doing flips. and, and... Well, Justin was always doing flips when yeah. I met him. Yeah. I, was, I remember his dad, though, telling me to beat the tar out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I did. His dad told me every time I go out, beat him up real good. Yeah. And that's what you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, and I guess you had to learn how to fight if you're going to be homeless, right? Well, uh, funny thing about that is I never got into a really bad situation. In two years, I figured out how to survive without putting myself in bad environments. Like, uh, I would stay awake at night and wow. sleep in the day. And that avoids 90% of your problems. So, so if you, because if you sleep at night, what people will come up to you and try to... Nighttime is the problem. Like, uh, if you're sleeping, like, I would sleep in abandoned toilets and stuff like that. But yeah. the point is, if you're nighttime there and someone comes in there, it's... Why are they there? You know, right. th- there's problems coming. Right. You know, I had a few incidences, but nothing really bad. Uh-huh. And the best situation I had the one time we were—I was in a pool bar because I still found money to drink. <laughs> and uh, I was in a pool. Bar. I'm totally homeless, but I have money for beer. Anyway, so I'm in the pool bar. And uh, is it easy for a 14-year-old, a homeless 14-year-old, to 14. get a drink? I didn't look. Okay. I looked like a skinny old man at 14. That so was great. Anyway, so um, <laughs> the uh, uh, this gang was like uh, getting into a fight with some of my friends uh-huh. and I, my friends were older than me and uh, everyone had backed off and there was about 20 of them standing by the door and I sat on the pool table and I dared them and these guys backed off from a little 14 year old kid because they thought okay there's gotta be they, there's no reason this kid's just sitting here and not backing up right so they thought nobody's that crazy he's either got backup coming yes. or something's happening and the whole gang walked out <laughs> <laughs> but I, that could have ended so wrong and so different. But I guess that's like you use those moments to figure out how to be street smart 
Because if yeah. you can figure out how to be street smart, you can avoid actually having to be the tough guy all the time. Exactly. You know where to be and where not to be. Yeah. 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 And that probably must help that mentality anyway moving through political waters of like now you go and you work in this corporate situation mm -hmm. in WWE and you know how to kind of move around people and, and, and figure out who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. Or I just think or... everyone's lying most of the time. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how I feel. <laughs> right. I feel everyone's lying for at least the first, I don't know. If you, never, if you don't assume they're telling the <laughs> truth, they're not tricking you. Exactly. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, they lied to You're me. You're all just liars anyway. So. I figured you were lying, so, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and then how long – were you a wrestling fan? Like how did your – I loved wrestling. I, I saw wrestling for the first time when I was nine. I fell in love with it, you know? And, yeah. And uh, always loved it and then just had like a detour in my life for a bit and then came back to it. Man, mm -hmm. man, that, that's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So what did you think about – you know, because there's kind of a millennial culture, and I think it must exist in wrestling too. Like, like uh, I don't uh, understand the millennial thing. Tell me, I must have missed it somewhere. I don't know what it means. Well, see, <laughs> I see, don't know what a millennial is. The reason that you don't understand, because yeah. technically, because you're how old? Me? Yeah, old enough. Okay, so like, <laughs> but millennials uh, uh, didn't. It's it's like a generation, but it's a generation how old of people. Are they? It's like I'm 32. So you're so, a millennial, right on the cusp. Like, that's the end of millennials. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So it's like probably like 35 and below. Oh, okay. Are millennials. The what? what? Millennial. <laughs> Millennial. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? What are we, lazy? I heard that. That's we, the only thing I got from it. Yeah. That they're lazy and expect, yeah, expect it's, yes. stuff. Sorry. Right, right, right. Yeah. You, you have uh, high expectations. Yeah. You have a, a large sense of self. But I don't self. want to do anything for it. Right. Yeah, okay. But, I'm not. Right, no. <laughs> because I would think that grown up on the street no. beats the millennial out of you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I right. don't expect anything from anybody. <laughs> right. So do you do yeah. you carry that experience of how you kind of that, that road, like your youth, yeah. do you carry that as like a chip on your shoulder? Like you kind of know, like, look, I can pretty much survive anything. I've seen some some tough times. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen tougher times. I've seen way tougher times than what, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, everything's... Uh, perspective and everything's what life experience you've gone through but for me i've been at the bottom right of the food chain completely and i remember the first time i went home and opened the fridge mm -hmm. and there was food and i was like i can eat whatever i want in this fridge this is fantastic right i feel like some bread and i'm gonna eat it yeah <laughs> yeah know? and it's such a simple thing that we take for granted right but at that moment i opened that fridge and i saw that food i was like this is amazing yeah yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. That That's why, like, that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's the one positive that you take away from the experience, yeah. right? That this level of appreciation yeah. for the things that anyone else would take for granted. Like, the the food, the fridge always has food in it. It does. Like, I just open the, the fridge and there's food in it. It's I don't know how fantastic. it gets there. I don't think about it. I don't care about it's it. It's just there. For you, you're like... Incredible! Yeah, <laughs> like, look at this. And I can eat not, it. Yeah, it's not a garbage can. It's new food. Exactly. It's not someone's leftovers. No. I don't have to figure out how am I going to worm my way into a meal today. Exactly. And these options. There's yeah. Different types of cereals and all sorts of great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. When it was time to come to America, did you come straight to FCW from South Africa? Yeah, I went from uh, racing in the Congo. <laughs> to uh, the MCW developmental territory. So, so, so when guys are like, man, you don't know what it was like. We were wrestling in a warehouse before any of this NXT stuff. You're like, I was wrestling in the Congo dude, before yeah. this warehouse stuff. I'm talking deepest, darkest Congo, too. Like, the, um, <laughs> like, there was nothing. I mean, we were being, like, when we did the advertising for the show, they put us in the back of trucks. And they drove us with loudspeakers through the townships in the Congo. And we were being chased by guys with machetes. 
And that was the advertising. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And when you're being yeah. chased with guys with uh, yeah. the, the machete guys, yeah. are they part of the show? No. <laughs> no. Those were the fans. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so, like, yeah. when people tell, like, the stories of, like, the old territories when, like, oh, we used to mm-hmm. make them in the South and they get all riled up and they started uh, a riot. You literally had wrestling fans where they machetes. wanted to cut the bad guys up with machetes. We weren't even wrestling yet. We were just advertising <laughs> the show. And they, th- but that's why they drove the trucks really fast. So yeah. on the back of these trucks, driving full speed with this blaring sound for advertising the show, being chased by random people with machetes. Jesus. So that was the advertising campaign, which worked out because we pulled 20,000 people to that show. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess, right? It's a bunch of, like, guys who I don't know. Yeah. But if I'm watching people with machetes chase after them, I'm like, I got to see this show. Yeah, exactly. Not just that. They I mean, they don't see stuff like that. We were right. bringing them stuff that they had never seen, that they were never going to see live. Right. And so they jumped on the opportunity. The worst part about it, I did a show in Zimbabwe once. And the show was scheduled to start at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. It was 11 boxing matches before the wrestling went out. 11? 11. Now, get this. The boxing only started at 3 a.m. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So you don't mean 3 a.m. the day before. You mean, yeah, I mean 3 you mean the you're like, so there's a six-hour yeah. delay. The audience did not arrive. Until 3 a.m. Until 3 a.m. What were they? Is that just, is That's that a cultural? African th- time, yeah. It's, it's, 3 a.m.? The whole thing in Africa. We say it's African time. What? So what so, time did the show get out? Like 8 o'clock in the morning? The sun was coming up. Wow. Yeah, the sun was coming up when the main event went out, and people just went to work. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> that was that. You don't. There's no reason to sleep. You no. go. You go to the show. You go to work. You just went to work. I love that too. It's not even on a weekend. No, it's a weekday. <laughs> they don't care. And you go. So yeah. how do you? How long does it take for you to adapt to like American culture, where you know the worst possible scenario is really for you, kind of a cakewalk. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I remember wrestling matches where, well, firstly, we didn't speak the same language, mm-hmm. so you can't communicate. Secondly. You don't know if the guy can work or not. So right. the match is either going to be a shoot or it's going to be a wrestling match. So you can say, yeah, so you don't no. know. So, so there's an African guy that you're in the ring with. Yeah. And you're like, I don't speak his language. No, and if he, anything I do, yeah. if he decides he wants to go over tonight, <laughs> he doesn't know how to work, brother. <laughs> that was the biggest problem. And it's like, I remember the, the promoter telling me, look, uh, if he punches you in the face, you're in a fight. And if he locks up with you, maybe you can work. Wow. Yeah. And I only. What was the ratio, do you think? Uh, I only fought once. Okay. Out so, of all of them, there was only one, and it was in Zimbabwe. And I went to lock up, and the guy punched me right in the nose. And I think I was 19, and I just started throwing punches. You go, now's the time. <laughs> and I went over. You won. <laughs> and with a half crab, of all things, in a real fight, a half crab worked. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then, so then, but that's the question that when you come to America, are you ready for the fact that, like, that's, that, that's a lot of stress, right? Like, that, that day-to-day stress yeah. to just not be there anymore. That's yeah. kind of a lot to be just taken off the plate and be like, this is, this is it? I don't e- have to- everyone's like, yeah, it's, 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 everyone's now a professional. Right. Like, everyone knows what they're doing, and I don't have to worry about that stuff. But there's other stresses, so it's different. But, I mean, it's not like the stress disappeared. It's just different stress. I see. Yeah. I see. I see. Now, did you have to, like— Worry about the guys that sh- were chasing us with machetes are yeah. now in the audience. So I got to figure out how to get out of this place without. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 That, that's a reality. I mean, it's like um, you, those certain areas we could only be in. Uh-huh. And like Congo was the, the worst part of Congo was the end of the night mm-hmm. because when we're done, 
And we finally went back to the hotels because we didn't use the local wrestlers on our show. Mm -hmm. The government decided that they were going to have us locked up for not using their wrestlers. They weren't going to pay like the bills and they weren't going to pay the hotels and they weren't going to pay the food. And we were going to be locked up the next day and thrown into a Congolese prison. <laughs> Which sounds so, like one of the worst prisons to be locked up. I don't in. think there's much. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's much going on in the Congolese prison. But anyway, so... We spent the whole night thinking that we were going to get thrown into this Congolese prison the next day. Yeah. And uh, luckily, our government contacted their government, and then they let us go. But, wow. Yeah. Thank God the governments were getting along. Well, yeah, I think they listened to South Africa because South Africa like, finances pretty much everything there. But it's like um, – I'll never go back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll never rest again Congo again. <laughs> that would be the reason. Yeah. <laughs> once, once you graduate from that, yeah. you, there's no reason you to go back to no. the Congo. No. 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 You got, you got, no. no. But I mean, <laughs> wholly paying your dues, though. Yeah. Totally different way, though. And I will uh, say, I look back in my South African years, and they were still some of the most fun I ever had wrestling. Really? Yes. Well, how so? Just because it was so, like, Just unpredictable? The, the and... boys, and it was like... Um, I was, like, a young kid and grew up with these crazy wrestlers from South Africa. Like, uh, Terry Madu was this French monster who was just an absolute maniac and got us banned from more buildings than anybody I've ever known. <laughs> and it was just this bunch of crazy guys. What was he was, getting you banned for? Uh, pushing lifeguards into pools and <laughs> uh, causing a semi-riot in a casino. and Just, like, things like that. But... Yeah, like, uh, it was just, like, the experience of it was, was if now that I look back at my career, and I'm getting to that point where I can look back at things yes. and chapters. There's now, you're now probably on, what, like, the third or fourth yeah, chapter. Yeah, I can look back and say, so that Africa was probably some of the most fun I ever had. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So then, so you end up, what were the stressors then that you deal with in America that replace these sort of, to me, the stressors that you're talking about, and maybe that's just because of the way I was mm -hmm. raised, like, these to me are like the stuff that I would find a hole <laughs> and just curl up into yeah. a ball and just stay there until somebody found me and brought me to safety or killed me. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, South Africa is a that's a different world. It's right. a totally different world. Right. But in America, there was a bunch of different stress. Which was now now it was more performance based and competition based mm -hmm. and fitting in based and cultural difference based. Like I didn't think I'd have a big cultural difference when I got here and I did. I had a massive cultural difference with uh, my wife of all things. But and then and that was because sure. like when we met, my wife talks continually mm -hmm. and Americans talk a lot. Mm -hmm. South Africans don't. So she always thought I was angry. And I'm not. I just I'm enjoying the drive. <laughs> right. I'm right. gonna say, let's just look out the window for the half hour. Yeah. And she didn't get that. Yeah. She just she was always like, "What's wrong? What's wrong? Are you upset?" And I'm like, "No, I'm fine." And I'm just looking out the window, you know. And right. It, and it was always like that. And, and Americans, like, you go to shop, you want to go like buy groceries. Right. I have to get in a half hour conversation with the person, the cashier, <laughs> about her kids in school. I don't want to. I just want to buy my groceries and move on with my life. Right. Yeah. Right. I wish more people had the South African mentality to tell you the truth because the conversations hmm. that happen sometimes are so boring and unnecessary why are we doing this i don't know <laughs> i don't know you as, do it though as, I, well <laughs> yeah. i try to find interesting things to talk about <laughs> well, right that's better than right I, and i also yeah. and i guess that's that's my life right a lot of times i end up in these conversations with people hmm. and i go like unless i'm doing a, unless this conversation has a perceived audience like the conversation you and i are having mm -hmm. there's there's an like i'm putting it out for an audience yes Unless that audience is there, like, you know. Why are we doing this? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And people will come up, especially, I mean, I'm assuming once you had kids, like yeah. especially the kids thing, 
everybody wants to just talk to you about your kids, and these are pictures of my kids, and what are your kids, and what? Okay, I, I got to say, I'm bad at that myself. So you, I, so yeah, you I, fell I, into I, it. I fell into it, but and that's the thing. I've been conditioned to it now, so now I talk a lot too, which <laughs> I never used to. I talk way more than I used to talk, yeah. so it's totally different now. Well, then I'm glad I'm interviewing you now instead of when you first started. Yeah, we've been really quiet. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. Know, like South Africa, it's, yeah. it's, it's so th- just different. I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a bad exit, actually, by the way. That's not bad at all. Yeah. So what was it, what's it like then when you're on WWE TV mm-hmm. but you're a parent? Like I would imagine that uh, the kids – how old are your kids? Two and four. Oh, so you haven't gotten there ah. yet. Because once, Key. once they're in school – points. Yes. <laughs> but once yeah. they're in school yeah. – and then we were talking about people having conversations with mm-hmm. kids. Number people are going to want to be like, like there's parents that are wrestling fans. Exactly. And you know that. And they're yeah. like, that kid's parent yeah. is going to want that kid to be friends with your kid. So that yeah. way, the play date time, and they get to ask you every question yeah. about stupid wrestling that yeah. you've never wanted we to talk about. Luckily, they're not old enough for that yet. And yes. Like they've come to, a, I've never made them come to a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. I've always made them come to like very few shows, but shows that meant something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Neither one of them have a love for it so far. For wrestling? Yes. Does that make you happy? Yes. It does? Very. You're ready for a part. You, I, I mean, want a doctor and a lawyer. I yes. don't want a wrestler. No, <laughs> sorry. There's yeah. easier ways to make money. Right. And I just want them to like have that. You know? It's so know. funny, too. I bet part of it is like... You know what it's like to not be in America. Yeah. So like you're raising kids in America, going no 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 no. I had to wrestle. Yes. Like, do you have any idea what you can do here? Everything's open here. You can do anything you want. You just got to choose it. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's totally different experience. Did that have anything? Do you think when you're when you're uh, getting to the point in WWE when because you asked for your release, correct? Yes. And it was mutual. Like both we were both parties at the time were like, let's time. Right. 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 And there'd obviously been tensions before then, but. Did it? Did the fact that your kids are at the age that they're at have something to do with it? Like, it's got to be nice to get off the WWE schedule yes. at this point in their lives, especially the four-year-old. You're probably watching this four-year-old going, like, I'm missing stuff here. Not just that. He was missing me. Right. He was missing his Now dad. he's old enough to... to... He's, he got to that age where he knew I wasn't there. Right. And the little one would cry every single time I left. And it was like, <laughs> every time we go somewhere, they would say, Daddy, go airport? Oh, and they thought I owned the airport at one wow. point. Wow, that was mine. Like, like yeah. when you go to work, you they go to the, the airport. airport. So yeah. I own the airport. Okay, but and it was just like it's just not it's not normal. It's not normal structure. And then my wife's alone trying to deal with all this stuff. Yeah, and it's like she's trying to raise two boys by herself with little support, and I'm gone. Right, and you don't and, have a choice. And the point is, then when I get back, I'm tired. Right. Right. So I, it's just right. it was it just wasn't working. Right, I mean, like I, I right. can't jump yeah. into super dad mode for the day and a half that exactly. I'm exactly. Hey, I'm here. Let's go there. No, I'm like I want to sleep. You know. So, right. But yeah, yeah. So and then I was also I was listening to an interview just recently. It might have been with Sami Zayn, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact, who said, which I'd never even thought of, that you get your day off, mm-hmm. but what people don't realize is that for some of these guys, and I don't know if it's how you felt, mm-hmm. that that half of that day is spent dreading the fact. That tomorrow He's coming. you're gonna have to say goodbye again. <laughs> exactly, it's that Sunday. You gotta get back to the airport, right? That hey, Sunday night I have to go to work on Monday. Feeling yeah. is your oh. day. It's the only day off. It's, uh, no, it's Sunday. Like schools on Monday. That's what right. it feels like. It's terrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like so. I'm happy that at this age in their lives, I'm able to be a part of it. And yeah. Because I, I don't think it's too late for me to really experience all the things I need to be a part of uh-huh. Uh-huh. and help them with. I was listening to uh, 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 some of the other interviews that you've done and. You seem like understanding of why, like, for instance, Leo Kruger mm-hmm. 
didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But I'm at the same, realistic. yeah, yeah, because you're just uh, you said you're not big enough to yeah. be that character in mm-hmm. terms of size. But you also, it seems like, wanted to try to make that work. I think there was a way to make Leo work. I mm-hmm. don't think the the hunter character was the way to make Leo work. So, I think it needed to just be. Um, a part of South African culture. I, do you know um, the Antwerp? Yes, I, yes, I love that's the where I wanted to take. Yeah, Kruger. I love that. That's where I wanted to take. Kruger. Yeah, oh, and that's great. Gone that route, like Ninja from the Antwerp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, that's where I wanted to take the character. But uh, we got stuck in this hunter thing, and then it's like once you name a guy, he's a mechanic, a plumber, or he, you know. Right. He's Thurman Sparky Plug. <laughs> um, you know, it's doomed. It's doomed right. from that point. And, and it's, it's also, like, yeah. I feel like there, a lot of nuance gets lost. Yes. So it's yeah. like, no, a hunter. He hunts like elephants Who or something. Am I don't I know. hunting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. no, it didn't work out. That's it's funny nice. that you bring up the antwerp. I literally, they're coming to New York in October, and I just I got them. tickets. I love them. They're amazing. You're lucky. I love them. Yeah, they're yeah, amazing. Yeah. You yeah. haven't seen them live, have you? Never. And I want to. Yeah, I haven't either. Well, I did. I watched one of their very first things they ever did in South Africa, and they were booed off stage. Really? Yeah. Wow, and now they're like huge. Yeah, yeah, and they were booed off stage. They were wow. thrown out of a concert. When you Africa. when you were watching them get booed, yeah. were you also booing them, being yeah. like, "What is this?" I was booing. You didn't them. get it. At I first. didn't get it at first. Yeah. I was like, "What are they doing? This is not South African music. This doesn't sound like South African music." And I don't know what you're doing. And you, and you look <laughs> weird. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Dude, get him off. Yeah. No, yeah. when you when 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 you talk about characters, I feel like what we were just talking about with Leo, how mm-hmm. it gets kind of pigeonholed into this thing, like it gets. Simplified and simplified and simplified. It's almost like a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox, yes. right? I feel like that is, based on what you've said, the same thing that kind of happens with Adam Rose. Exactly. Where you've developed this character. And the what you want? You were on NXT TV for like a month. A month and a bit, I think, before we moved it. Which is crazy because like how long were you in developmental FCW? Four NXT? and a half, almost five years. Five, almost five years. Yeah. So then they're like, okay, now you have to develop this new character. In two weeks. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, you got the new character. Now we're sending you the main roster. Exactly. Are you going, I haven't even, I, I don't I, even know what this character is yet. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, th- that's why you'll see when uh, Adam Rose debuted how much he changed. Like weekly he was changing. Right. Because we were trying to figure him out. <laughs> and it's like, um, so weekly there was different ideas. Right. And uh, I don't think, I mean, I, I just think it needed more time in NXT to fully develop and sure. do what it was. And uh, never have gone down the Sesame Street route. Right, would have yeah. saved us a lot of problems because it was almost like uh, uh, the, that sort of weird ravey party EDM. That was cool. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it turned into this sort of bubblegum thing. Yeah, with the hot dog and like, yeah. a hamburger. And... But were you surprised? Because I feel like what happens, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you know better than me. But sometimes, like when these characters end up on the main roster, an mm-hmm. Adam Rose, a Fandango, or whatever it is, these elaborate things are brought out, and then. Just kind of nothing happens, and they go away. Like, wasn't the Adam Rose bus, like, parked outside of arenas? I had a bus. For a, Yeah, you had a bus. I was never on it, but I had it. You yeah. wanted, They didn't let no, you ride the bus? No, they didn't let me get on it. Why not? Because it was a tour bus, <laughs> and they just decked it out for my stuff. But anyway, so people would, t- people would take pictures with the bus and right. stuff like that. That was really cool. But And it was cool. And we shot, like, the vignettes inside of, not that bus, believe it or not, inside another bus that was worth way more money. And um, so... Uh, we shot the vignettes and everything, and they just never did anything with it. Like, um, I remember Dusty Rhodes telling me, this is how he envisioned my debut. Mm-hmm. The bus rocks up. They show footage of the bus coming, right? Right. The bus drives into the building, right. all the way down to the ring. The rave party gets out of the bus into the ring. Short 20-second promo 
we get back on the bus, and we're gone. See, isn't that great? Because then the idea is that this party guy, mm-hmm. who's kind of weird and eccentric, lives on the bus. Like, mm-hmm. it really is this... Could you picture that bus, like, coming into the building? Amazing. It would have been huge. Like like, like the old, like, Stone Cold days, when yeah, you drive yeah. the beer truck to the ring, exactly. finally we have something, yeah. And this whole party comes out, and right. it's all crazy, and everyone gets back on. And, and it is this thing where it's like the character either exists on the bus or in the ring, and that's exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. That's the only places, mm-hmm. and you could have like Renee Young go up onto the bus and yeah. like not come off for a week type thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> comes out of the bus with one shoe missing, and yeah, yeah, her buttons are all yeah, on yeah, the wrong. We can go all the way. Around. Yeah, 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 it'd be yeah. perfect. But I, yeah, but then it's like they're like, oh, so you're just a guy who comes out with costumes. I, was, like, I, I, I said I, the funny thing is, and this is no insult to the company that gave us the costumes, but and I don't know if I can say it, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I begged right at the beginning, please don't make it like like Party City outfits. And the next thing I know, <laughs> a week later, I'm endorsed by Party City. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, this I, may not be going in the direction we wanted. I got paid for it, so I took it. But yeah. still, it was like, ah, oh, right. like the worst case scenario was that. Right. And it happened. Oh, my. That's so. So you literally were saying, not I, like I Party City. I went to people and said, look, let's just not get like Party City office, please. Let's just, like, let's so just keep funny. this ravey and, and fun and stuff. I'm like, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Hey, we got good news. It's going to make you some money. Party City is not endorsing <laughs> you. Yeah. And I had a hot dog. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of like, we're just trying it with you yeah. and then it just kind of doesn't go anywhere because obviously mm-hmm. you know the bunnies become notorious there's an action figure of the bunny yes which is my favorite thing ever it's a battle pack though it comes with me right but it's my i love it do because... i get a cut of that money of the bunny i just want to know because i created him but i don't know and technically yeah, who, else, who should get the other cut because yeah i don't know because they there's never no bunny so right yeah. but it's just uh... funny that it's like the, the bunny to me this action figure is representative of like there is an action figure of just a storyline there it was just no way. It just started, and it went no way. It didn't go anywhere. They, there was no, no ending there was to no it. Reveal. And there then, was nothing. So, so do you want? Were you watching your matches back to listen to the commentary ever? Just to, oh yes. So, so I was buried from day one. You, you, you find that? Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching it back, and uh-huh. I was like, "What? Why are they doing that? What, is, what are you doing that for? You it's hard enough as it is, and right. now you got." Them, firstly, uh, I love Michael Cole, but right. Michael Cole endorsing me was a bad thing as a babyface. Like, you did not want Cole's endorsement. Right, because he's the Cole ultra was... dork, and now I've got the ultra dork supporting And him. he was still in that thing where even though he wasn't a heel anymore, that kind of heelness yeah. never... Yeah. yeah, so that was a problem. And then uh, JBL was, like, literally shoveling poop on me <laughs> all the time, so... But I mean, and that, that I think, was coming from higher up, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. You, you know... It's being fed, but the... it's like... Uh, that was a. It was brutal. So, because I, I I specifically remember wondering why they're doing this when I would watch you, and this is like right when the bunny thing was happening. Like it mm-hmm. seemed like there was a reason for this, and Cole and and whoever was on commentary would specifically say, "That's not a bunny. It's a man in a bunny suit. You have it's no a man idea. in a bunny suit." And I'm like, "Okay, that must mean that we're going to find out who the man is, right? There's a you, reason. You have no idea." Mm-hmm. The amount of hours that was spent discussing that bunny <laughs> in meetings with very important people. <laughs> the bunny was spoken about for two hours. <laughs> Not Brock Lesnar and this and that and the other. The right. bunny was right. the main topic. Okay, so who's it going to be? Who's, who's going to be in the bunny suit? It's really important that we figure out this out. Yeah. And they could never figure it out. Who were some of the names being bandied about? There was um, NXT debut possibilities, but mm-hmm. they didn't want to do it. 
because they felt um, it's Adam Rose, so it's beneath them. Mm-hmm. Um, there was beneath the NXT uh, yeah, guys. Uh, it's yes. got to be nice I was for you. Oh, that totem pole. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, who else? Uh, there was uh, some ideas of bringing back some older stars, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, once again, it's Adam Rose, so we don't throw that away. But then, uh, like when you say older stars, like would you have wanted like Bob Backlund to pop out of the bunny? Outfit I think it would have been hilarious. Yeah, but, but I actually wanted someone that like. That needed the job, you know? Like, I don't know, a guy that maybe we haven't seen in a long time that right. really needed the money, you know? Right, that, that didn't want to be the bunny and you yeah. were making him. Yeah. 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 And I thought that would play out because you would sympathize for him and I could be the yeah. asshole beating yeah. him up and stuff. Yeah. And I thought we're that partying. was. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, just, yeah, nobody yeah. wants to party with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So, but it never went anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, look, we can't figure you know it what? out. We let's... can't figure it out. So it's gone. <laughs> yeah, let's cut our losses. Yeah, here. that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. And then I feel like he came out. And you were the party pooper. Yeah, which I loved, by the way. Right. But that was another thing. So when you started, because I noticed, like, when you started doing, like, weird stuff, like, mm-hmm. you'd come out and, like, you'd be, your, your, your posture was super stiff. And you'd have, like, like striped, I like, didn't care knee socks on and I'll you'd have pigtails. I was yeah. just messing around a lot of the time. I'm literally popping myself right. at this point. Because I know now where I stand. So. Right. I, I, I'm just doing whatever I want now. So it's like, and I'm seeing how far I can push things. Yeah. And the one thing, I, I actually enjoyed the party pooper because I used to do this little bit where I would come out mm-hmm. and tell the audience that the show was done and they needed to leave. <laughs> and I would show them where the exits were and I would like seriously go through this whole exit strategy of how they need to leave the building. And, it's and people road. would start getting up and leaving. Oh, it's great. And that, it's at a row, so it's not like you're going no. on last. Like, this exactly. is very early in the yeah. evening. It's like, it's like before intermission and I'm just saying, look, we've got to slow the show down. Uh, you got to leave. Yeah, exits are this way, that way, this way. And people would start getting up and I love that. Oh. I had so much fun doing that. And that's when you know like you're on to set. When you can get people to leave the show yeah, exactly. way too early. Exactly. Like, it's, something's working here. Something Right? Well, we would do like live events, and Rusev was the top heel at the time. Okay. And the second top heel on live events was the party poop. Really? Yes. He got the second loudest heel reaction out of any heel. And does it, do you, at that point, does it drive you crazy that that's not getting translated to TV, or have you kind of just put your hands in the air and saying, like, look, I'm just here to do a job? I, w- I was still doing the best I could with whatever I was given. Right. But I knew my faith had already been predetermined. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, and then at the end, mm-hmm. Social Outcast, that seemed like, it seemed like with Social Outcast, the fact that they did something with the four of you mm-hmm. meant that they wanted to do something. Ever s- heard of Job Squad? <laughs> Ever heard of these <laughs> I things? Guess that's right. We used to get so angry, too. But that's what it was. And we used to get so angry when people said Job Squad. But that's what it was. They've done it before. The they, new Job Squad. Yeah, basically. Yeah. They take guys that weren't necessarily being used and they give them TV time by putting them together in the sort of loser faction that doesn't really go anywhere. Right. And all of those guys are talented. All right. of them. So, so what, why, why bother? Like, what's the psychology, do you think? Like, why, why would they choose to? You know, it's considered we're getting TV time. Right. So they're just doing right by you. Yeah. In there, that's, in that's their the, mind, the psychology we're is we're doing TV time. Yeah. 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 And this is the opportunity, right? We're yeah. giving you an Just opportunity. Make it, make it work, Brett. Grab that brass ring. You know, right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So is that why I would imagine then this whole attitude, that's why it's leading to, because when you get suspended for wellness mm-hmm. and it's over prescribed Adderall mm-hmm. that you had from a doctor for ADHD. Which they knew about for a year. And you post the doctor's note on that's, Twitter. That's what Aegis has to do with, by the way. Oh, is that right? (laughs) (laughs) You you post the doctor's note on Twitter. Like, I'm going, and I I mean, we talked about it on the podcast. I'm going like, yeah, I would never do that. Like, that's that's a a move of of 
I knew I was done. Power. Yeah, that that's really going like I, I was like at that point I was just like look I'm not going to take this line down because I know what's right and I know what's wrong right. and I know for a fact that I, I took something that was given that they knew about for a year right right so now suddenly it's wrong uh-huh. and if and if and at that point you know you you you're probably not coming back or or it's good I'd already made up my mind at that point and you're like I'm not going to try to move on to the next chapter of my career with something over my head that says I'm, I'm yeah. a drug user yeah that was the finals like for me mentally, that mm-hmm. was the, the thing that finally pushed me off because um, I felt like, I don't know, it felt like it was all contrived and it felt like it was like specifically designed to do certain things and mm-hmm. like why, you know? Yeah. You know, so then let's just make this easy. and I'll Right, if you're looking for a reason, yeah. like I... Which I think it was. So it was like, um, I remember I went to the, I went to Miami to get my passport and mm-hmm. I think they knew when I went to Miami to pick up my passport, what was going on? You know, right. and it was like, so you just had me drive all the way to Miami to get the passport, uh-huh. thinking I'm getting this visa to go to Europe when I'm not. Right. Right. And, and it, right. it really rubbed me the wrong way. I see and, that. Yeah. Because it's just, a, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. It's like, yeah. say, and tell me, know, yeah. tell and me the day before. So I, yeah. you know, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. I see, and then it's like, they're just messing with you at that point. I can't prove or disprove that. Of course, yeah, but that's but how you—that's how you feel. That's how I felt, yeah. and that's and that and that's the emotional response is to be like, you know, I'm just going to clear my name. Then I'm going to talk directly to yeah. this audience. And that's what I, like after talking to my doctor, who said, uh-huh. "Look, I'll, I'll I'll say what has to be said." Was there any explanation as to why? Because you said you were taking that Adderall mm-hmm. for a year. Obviously, is that how long you had been taking it for, or longer than that? And so it's obviously not the first time you've been tested since no. you've been taking that. So substance. that's the thing. I was I must have been popping for it all the time. In right. fact, I was. I remember popping for it and sending the scripts in, and, and they were like, oh, it's okay. "Okay," and then now it's not, and I just could not grasp that. Right, that's yeah. gonna frustrate yeah. you, yeah. especially yeah. when you're at your wits end, even yeah. without that. Yes, I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah, and then and then the time comes. So that's what. So when you get into legal trouble, mm-hmm. there's not this thing thinking like, "Oh my God, this means I'm screwed from WWE," because before the legal trouble, you were, we were already, already on our way out. Yeah. You were already on your yeah. way out, and. The moment I posted that letter, I knew. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And does it uh, when you when you get into legal trouble? Is it like like just terrible timing for you? It was the worst timing, and it was like this horrible. Uh, it was just this horrible like events just happened right after each other, and the worst thing about that was, I mean, obviously TMZ has not followed up on the story, but. I was cleared of everything. Well, and, that's what I read, and I and I was gonna yeah. make note that all charges were dropped. Yes. And I also want to make note that in domestic disputes, it's very rare that all charges are dropped because even if one mm-hmm. spouse is saying, "Oh, please don't, please don't," have to like cops they still, still won't protect. drop it. Yeah, they st- because there was no physical act. Yeah, and it's like I got the whole thing actually boiled over me touching the phone and the battery falling out and the nine one one call not being able to call back. Right. That's actually what the situation right. was over because that's considered uh, tampering of the witness. Yeah. But when they got to my house, my wife's on the bed on the phone with her father, and I'm doing dishes. So the fight <laughs> that was going on had blown over. Yeah, it's, uh, there's no fight now. Right. And so, but uh, I just think whoever, it's up to, to his discretion, the officer, and mm-hmm. obviously they got to take these things seriously because you never know what's going on in a home. Right. And um, they decided to do it. Yeah. And then TMZ did it and... Made this whole thing, and now, now, it seemed, now I'm you, this terrible human being. That's that's I don't know. Yeah, right. So. Right. Well, that's and 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 I fuck because it's like, it's like either we're telling the truth of what's happening, and it's like you're getting 
popped for this thing, that mm-hmm. this is the explanation for this, and that's the explanation for that. But if you keep your mouth shut, then it's just like, oh, yeah, he's... He's doing drugs and beating up his wife. Yeah, and, exactly. and that's like, what it sounded like. Yeah. And um, the funny thing is, like, my wife got so upset. She was the most upset out of anybody when, right. that, when that went down. Because she knew this was so unjust and it's so wrong against me. Mm-hmm. And because, um, I'll be honest, she would argue with me. Mm-hmm. And I have a habit of continuing arguments. Mm-hmm. That's my problem. I don't leave it till I win the argument. So I'm going to keep arguing my point until we come to some sort of agreement where I'm right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But, 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 but so... Arguments would continue long, 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 and then she'd be like, "Look, you know what? I'm gonna phone somebody." Da, da, da. And it was like it was always like this empty threat, and she'd phone her dad. Mm-hmm. So I thinking she's phoning her dad, mm-hmm. and then that happens, right? She not knowing she actually dialed it, right? And, and also, and also, like let's let's keep in mind, like anybody who's married, yeah, emotions are at like an all time peak. Think about yelling, this. my fighting. job's on the line. Yes, stress levels are through the roof right. in my house, and 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 uh, we having these silly little arguments that are going on forever. And it was just a horrible time. I mean, there is, and, and, and especially once it's like, you see the doctor's note. Mm. And once I looked up, all charges are dropped. Like mm. I said to myself, I can't tell you how many times my wife has said, Sam, like, especially like in the last year, you have to go to therapy because you have, you just get mad mm-hmm. like that. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's, it's literally just, you're arguing over the silliest stuff and then it all blows over. They and say blah, when blah, you blah, argue but, about everything, you're arguing about nothing. Right. Except, but in those moments, it's like, fuck, 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 yeah, yeah. right about this right now. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right. But so if you, like, is that another one of those eating out of the garbage moments where it's like, you hit this place that where it's was, like, this that sucks. That sucked, man. That sucked. And yeah. now we have to come that back sucked? in a positive place? The or? point is this. The point is yeah. this. I can sit around and I can cry about it. Right. And uh, people will believe what they want to believe. Mm-hmm. No matter how many people are told that. Everything was dropped. Right. It's getting expunged. Yeah. It didn't happen that mm-hmm. way. Um, doesn't matter. They want to believe that. Mm-hmm. So you can't change what people want to believe. Right. So I have to just move forward. Yeah. And I have to move forward because I have a wife and kids to look after. Right. And that's it. Right. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Were you uh, Were you surprised that they didn't do more WWE or NXT or whoever it was didn't do more with the E60 special? Because it seemed Blew my like. Mind. Yeah, because when, when we yeah. Wa- I watched the E60 special yeah. and it was kind of it ended up being based around you primarily. Yes, it did. And your journey. Yes. And there was a lot of promotion put into it. Yeah, but that was ESPN. Right. You see, I don't know how much the WWE actually pushed me or how much ESPN actually pushed me. Right. So ESPN like this story because WWE pushed that the E60 was coming out. Yeah. Like they were happy that. But ESPN decided what was like the product. Right. Right, right. And so and so when they do that, WWE is like, well, we're still... Well, you must remember, my next storyline, I was making out with Rosa Mendez. <laughs> so <I laughs> so mean, you go from, like, yeah. hanging out with your kids hey, and the sick family kid. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make, him, let's make out with Rosa. You know, come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that caused me enough trouble in my house as well. So, uh. did, did, did your wife not, not oh, like she the... hated uh, that storyline. Yeah. Hated that storyline. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... It was tension. Yeah, I've, I've I've been there. I mean, I've I've done a radio show with plenty of porn stars yeah. and and stuff like that, and people get you gotta get in trouble for that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah. And you're like, it's work, honey. I just work. Yeah, yeah. I just work. Just... Well, you look like you're enjoying your work. Yeah. You know how we fixed that? Me and Rosa spoke the one day because she also was uncomfortable with the stuff because she has a, had a boyfriend now time and she yeah. had a baby and everything now. So she was uncomfortable with it too and he was uncomfortable with it. So we started Eskimo kissing with our noses to avoid that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's funny. That's how we got away with it. We just rub noses. Ah, it's cute. And we don't have to actually kiss. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you is – there, is there something – that you look back on your WWE run with uh, specific pride? Like, is there is there a thing? Is there maybe even on – not even WWE, NXT as well. Because I think there was – Leo Kruger certainly had a moment. I didn't mind, I didn't mind NXT. I didn't yeah. mind NXT. Um, I didn't mind Adam Rose on NXT. Um, I didn't mind FCW. Uh, I did not like the main roster and what happened there. Right. Because I feel like – I wasn't given a chance anyway. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you got that? The, is that one of those cases of timing or is it just? I was told that. Right. I was told straight out the bat. Mid-card push. A mm-hmm. couple of years. Goodbye. Right. right. Now, do you, do you, would you go back? Mm, not right now. Right, right. No. Not I, for a while. I, I, got, I got other things to do right now. It's like I want to do this. I want to experience this. And uh, I want to experience some other things in the racing industry. And um, I got other businesses I want to get started. So. Well, it's pretty amazing, too, that uh, as much as, you know, you talk about WWE having a monopoly, the wrestling world, especially over the last five years or so, mm-hmm. has expanded immensely. Like there is – like a guy like Kurt Hawkins, for mm-hmm. instance, is making this great living mm-hmm. just running the U.S. indies. But there's also New Japan and there's TNA is all of a sudden – you know, spiked a ton of interest, and exactly. all this stuff is going on. So there is life. Did you watch Final Deletion? I did. I haven't seen it. What you have is it? to. It's like it's. What well, do you like? Weird is it a movie. It's. Do you like weirdness? I love weirdness. Oh, then you're I'm gonna the king of weird. Yeah, so weird's yeah. good with me. Oh, you're gonna. Have you seen the movie The Room? Yes. With Tommy Wiseau. I Man, yes, I think yes. It's it's yeah, it's okay. amazing. It's like that. So Final Deletion is like Matt Hardy's been doing this character yeah. called Broken Matt Hardy. And he's doing this weird accent. Brother Nero. That's Jeff Hardy. Okay. But Matt calls him Brother Nero. He does this weird accent that isn't from anywhere. Like it's kind of British, but not British. I don't know. It's just like it's coming out of his head. Half of his hair is dyed blonde. Is it a movie or is it a wrestling match? Yes. (laughs) It's this this 14 minute thing. It's on YouTube. You should check it out. I'm going to watch it now. I want to see it. Because they did it all. It's a wrestling match. Yeah. But they did it in the Hardy's like backyard. It's they, like it's like it's like it's like I a, saw him in, a, in, in like in a lawnmower, and he that had was like the beginning a, of it. What is that? I well, mean, yeah. They, then they start wrestling. Then they wrestle after that. Like that's the build up. So he arrived on the lawnmower. No, he he was ruining. Jeff has a great lawn. Oh, you know, like the you know, like the swirls and stuff that are all part of Jeff Hardy's designs. Yeah, he did that in uh, landscaping, like in his grass. Someone's got some time on his <laughs> And broken Matt, bro, <laughs> broken Matt took the lawnmower. And drove through them oh, as a way to I ruined your fight. Yeah, ruined. That's asking for a fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, I mean, huh. they start like shooting like bottle rockets at each other at I one point. I saw like a laser. It looked like they were shooting laser guns. Yeah, there's a hologram in it at yes. one point. Uh, there's a, a dilapidated boat. Um, I think the ring is being lit by citronella candles. This is weird. It is the weirdest. But like, How's it being received? Really well. People I mean, are liking this because I, it's so different. Yeah, I love it because yeah. I love weird and bizarre and different. And I can tell that like people came together and just got creative and yeah. said, "Let's get really let's do something. Let's get really that. weird here. Like yeah. let's let's and and it is that sort of like you have to watch so bad it's good thing. And I heard that like 
just from uh, people talking about it online. This is coming up on Tuesday. This is coming up on Tuesday. Yeah. Like TNA did an extra hundred thousand views on their well, TV show them. or something. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, I, I mean that's really cool that that's getting that reaction. Yeah, yeah. It, I they, mean it, they needed that. Yeah, very badly. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's super different and weird and hilarious and it's like that's so bad it's good but brilliant. I gotta thing. see this. You have to. I'm gonna. It's great. It's great. Do you have uh, uh, what? What can people expect if they see you on the Indies now? First of all, mm-hmm. did you uh, when you wh- what made you cut your hair? You really want to know? I want to know. All right. Uh, um, when I was locked up, yeah, for three days. Yeah, three um, days is how long they kept you there. Mm-hmm. Kept Jesus. The reason being, I had to go. Before a judge, because of what the charge was. And what was it, a Friday? So the yeah, judge it was like a oh weird my. little situation. I had oh. to wait type thing. It was miserable. And by the way, the worst thing is boredom. It's just boring. Yeah. Because there's no volume on the TV. Uh-huh. There's like one TV and there's no volume on it. So you're just watching it. And then there's nothing to look at. There's nothing. There's no pens. Right. I so even rem- for a South African that doesn't like to talk. I not anyone's number. So like when they said phone, you want a phone. I'm like, I don't know anyone's phone number. Yeah, can I have my phone and look through the address book? They no. wouldn't let me take my phone. So I had no numbers. So I didn't remember numbers. So I, I had to like, it took me a day to remember a number. And then say, like, oh, it's this number. And then I get it. I got it right. You know, but it was like, it was just this yeah. horrible, horrible time. Yeah. And, and like, um, I don't even know where I was going with that story. Well, I was I asking about why you cut your hair. Oh, yes. Yeah. No hairbands. Really? Mm-hmm. That you can't have a hairband. What are you going to do? Are you going to like, is it a suicide? I think it is. They put you in giant panties as well, just so you know. Really? Yes. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's panties. It's just big panties. And that's, and then a jumpsuit over it? Yes. So you're like, you're you're flowing loose, you know, the whole time. And it's it's big, like man panties. But I think the point, I think it's almost to humiliate you. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like man panties. And then you get these big loose shoes on. And it's just the most thing. I was just really uncomfortable all the time. And I couldn't tie my hair up. And I looked like, Jesus, that was depressed. Right. And I needed, I just, I said, I'm never doing this again. So my hair's gone. Oh, it was all, so it's all, it is. I, you know, I was going to ask you mm-hmm. if it was like a therapeutic, like. It was, it was shedding. Yes, I get that. Yeah. Trust me. As a guy, I've, I've gone mm. through these things where like, yeah. I have to, there's, I at least have to trim the dead there's ends off. bad just, karma in my yes, hair. I just got to go. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. thought that it might it, be. It I'm was. glad it was. It was, yeah. I, I'm glad. And so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Uh, makes sense. I think It makes sense to me. Makes sense to me too. Yeah. Yeah. What can people expect from Aldo Rose on the, on the indies now? Well, I'm doing pretty much what I want to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's like I want to take and do what the original character was supposed to be in the first place, mm-hmm. which was edgy, mm-hmm. vibey. And basically, I've just come out the club. And right. We're, and we're going to have a good time. Kind of still hungover, but still high a little bit, whatever. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, high most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. A little buzz going on. Most yeah. Yeah. Just that, just that solid buzz. <laughs> like, hey, what's up, bro? Yeah. Let's do this thing. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. You just live it. Oh, a punch in the face. Thanks for being here, man. <laughs> Thank you. That, that was, was a lot of fun. Right, that was awesome. Here is Sam Roberts. Well, thanks again to Adam Rose for coming through. Aldo Rose, whatever he's known as these days. The bald, formerly person that was Adam Rose. Thanks to him for doing the show. Uh, a lot to talk about this week in State of Wrestling. Uh, I do want to plug the YouTube channel. I am uploading videos. You know, uh, I switched uh, jobs recently. I'm now the co-host of Jim Norton and Sam Roberts on Sirius XM every morning. We've got our own YouTube page uh, YouTube.com slash Jim and Sam show. 
On it, you'll find interviews with that you might be interested in. DDP, who is in our studio. On it, you'll find an interview with the Bella Twins, who are in our studio. But the Not Sam YouTube page is also still getting updated. Every day of the week, Monday through Friday, a new video gets put over on the Not Sam YouTube page. Uh, and that includes some of the stuff you hear on this podcast uh, and other wrestling interviews uh, uh, this week. Uh, will be a conversation that I had with X-Pac. Kathy Kelly was there, too, about Ken Bone. Uh, and we also get into some of uh, uh, the uh, what he went through in Tijuana. He gets to some of the darker parts of his life, which tends to happen when X-Pac and me get together. Uh, I'll also have uh, the interview uh, you just heard with Adam Rose, uh, my interview with R-Truth. Uh, I realize my interview with EC3 never went up. I think I have a Tyrus interview that hasn't gone up. Lots of stuff that I have to post, as well as uh, uh, wrestling interviews that I'll still be doing just as much now that I'm part of the morning show. So make sure you're subscribed to both channels, Jim and Sam Show on YouTube, as well as, of course, the classic Not Sam. Uh, Let's get into the state of wrestling. A lot to talk about about what happened on Raw. You know, it's so weird, and I'll talk about it in state of wrestling, but Raw left me like, I got to talk about this because they're doing things wrong. And SmackDown left me with the biggest smile on my face. I'm going to explain to you why right here in State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Oh, before we get into WWE, I guess, I've been uh, trying to figure out, I've been reading, I've been going over to uh, Ryan Satin's webpage, Pro Wrestling Sheet, trying to read all the through all the legalese and figure out why Dixie Carter and Billy Corgan are fighting each other so much. Just stop it. Stop with all the TNA stuff. I, I'm trying to read through all these emails. Well, I should have been told, but you weren't told. Just tell the guy. Now they're saying TNA doesn't have the funds to maintain uh, TV tapings. They're saying the next set of TV tapings have been postponed until they get some scratch together. What are you doing? What are you doing? All you do is TV shows. That's the only thing the company does is TV shows and they have a pro wrestling tees store. That's it. So do your TV taping. And at the end of it, there should be some money. Use that money for the next TV taping. As a company, you should be able to do a thing that you do, make enough money that the people that you pay to do what they do get that money that you pay them. And then what's left over is the money to do the next show. If that That's the bare minimum. If you can't handle that, then stop being a company. I can't for the life of me figure out what this fight is about. If somebody was coming to me, if I own TNA, God forbid... And somebody came to me and said, Sam, I want the company. I go, here you go. And they go, well, I want to buy it. Oh, okay, some money. All right, I'll take money. But you can just have it if you want. Why anybody would fight to maintain control of TNA is so far beyond me. I don't know if they like the broken mat vignettes enough that they want to own the company, but it's literally the only thing to fight for anymore. I'm a big Robbie E fan. But I'm not a big enough Robbie E fan that I would fight to maintain a company. I'd be like, all right, you can have the company, but I'm taking Robbie E. I don't know what I would do. All right, but EC3 stays with me. But to fight anyone, 
to maintain control of that company is the most nonsensical thing I've ever heard. And maybe it's because I don't have the business acumen that some of these people do. But you know what? I have a feeling that I have a better business acumen than these people do because if they had a great business acumen, they could afford to keep filming their TV shows. You think Family Matters? Even at the end of Family Matters, when nobody cared about Steve Urkel anymore, even Stefan had run his course. You think they got to their season finale and were like, oh, we don't have the cash to put it to film the last show. We'll do it later. No! No! Well, that's a TV show. What's it? What is TNA, a wrestling company? I don't think so. All they do is film wrestling TV shows. Why? For what reason are you filming these shows? So somebody could watch them? That's not happening. So somebody could make money off them? That's not happening. Why are you doing it? Just a waste of everybody's time. Fighting over TNA, it's crazy. Just like tap out for a second and be like, all right, Billy Corgan, fine. Some eccentric rock star wants to take my company that is a, a, a boulder in the ocean and thinks he can make it float? Fine. Have the boulder and you'll give me some money for it? Okay, I got a bridge to sell you too. It sounds like a foolish thing to do to buy TNA, but they found somebody that wants to buy it and he can't do it? Why? Well, because what if WWE wants it? For what? For what? If WWE wants it. What does WWE want with TNA? Nothing. Maybe Flow Sports or whatever it is could buy them just so they could stream them or something. But good God, man. Put on a promote. You got all this talent. I feel bad for all the people who work for TNA. You got all this talent. And all they do is wake up in the morning and read another news story, wrestling news story, about how Dixie Carter is fighting with Billy Corgan and WWE wants to buy videotapes. What are you talking about? That probably is how TNA does business too. They would show up on Vince McMahon's doorstep with a cardboard box full of VHSs. Here you go. All the weekly pay-per-views, everything. We got more in the U-Haul. These are all VHS. Even I know. Digital. We're over the top now. Yeah, well, we're way below the top. We got VHS. Huh. Poor people. All I want. Like, and you know, it's interesting because... I'm such a dork. You know, I talked about it last week a little bit on the podcast that I've been, I've been, I, I read all those recaps of uh, the wrestling observers that they post over on uh, the Squared Circle subreddit and on Reddit. And uh, uh, a lot of people in these old wrestling observers in 92, 93, 94, people were sitting there talking about how WCW was going to go out of business. WCW wasn't going to survive. WCW did not have their stuff together. WCW had no idea what was going on. And what happened? They jumped off the sinking ship and said, okay, we're going to give it to this TV announcer and see if he can do anything with it. And Eric Bischoff figured out how to produce a good TV show, at least for a few years. You don't need it to last a lifetime. If TNA can have a run that WCW did, that's enough. That's enough. And if Billy Corgan wants to try to do it, let him. Dixie Carter and whoever else want to 
stay on the Titanic like they're the band. There's no honor. You know who the stupidest characters are in the movie Titanic? That dumb band. No, we're going to keep playing the cello while this ship sinks. Perfect. Really good thinking. I'm actually going to get on this lifeboat, I think. Let me tell you something. They're lucky I wasn't playing sax for them because there would have been no brass section. Saxophone would have been thrown in the Atlantic and I would have been on a boat. Goodbye. You're going to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Fold them. And if somebody wants to buy the atrocity that you've created, sell it to them. Why not? What have you got to lose? I don't know. I just don't understand. I don't understand what all the fighting's about. It's it's mind-boggling. I'm so sick of reading stories about TNA. You can't even analyze it anymore. You can't even analyze it anymore. They'll even they'll put on a good pay-per-view. Last pay-per-view they did was good. There's too much damage that's been done. Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. So what do you got to do? You got to go in a new creative direction. You got to do things that attract attention. Nothing's attracting attention. Nothing. They had Broken Matt this summer. You need to keep moving. But Billy Corgan isn't even having his... Con- they're not even living up to his... Con- Look, Broken Matt was the best thing to happen to TNA in years. Billy Corgan was in charge of TNA when Broken Matt showed up. I say give Billy Corgan a chance just based on that. But instead, what are they doing? Not even letting Billy Corgan know what's going on in the company, even though they have to contractually. Don't even do it because you want to be a good guy. Do it because contractually you have to. But they don't. They don't. And what happens? You just sit there. You sit there and you get surprised that everything is going poorly. What do you think? You're just going to keep like uh, keep pushing? You're just going to keep pushing? I don't know. I think we'll get past this. Just uh, like Dixie Carter is just basically taking her bedroom and shoving everything under the rug. Mom and dad will never find out. They tell me to clean the room. The room's not clean. It's all under the rug. Billy Corgan's like, uh, if you want, I'll clean your room for you if I can if I can have the rug. She's like, no. Room's perfect the way it is. There's no way mom and dad are going to figure it out. Of course they're going to figure it out. And you know what's going to happen after they figure it out? Your room, they're going to burn your room because it's so frustrating. Burn your room to the ground. That's what I would do. That's exactly what I would do. TNA. They've got, I mean, you got Tyrus going on Fox News. You have stuff happening. But guess what? Do they make Tyrus into like a pundit on on TNA? That's the first thing I would do. Tyrus goes out and and he's a Trumpster on TNA TV. No, you know why? Because they can't do anything topical because they tape shows six months in advance and they can't even afford to do that. Come on, guys. Get your stuff together. You got everything you need. Sell it to me. I got $700 in my bank account right now. I'll give it all to you. I'll tell you what. I got a very, very nice collection of Jordan 1s. I got the band ones. I got the Chicago's. I even got the Black Toes. And they don't even come out for like a week and a half. I'll trade you half my collection for TNA. If I went to Dixie Carter and said, I'll give you half my Jordans for your company, she should just say yes. Take it off her plate. But they're fighting. They're fighting. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see. I still hold out hope. I don't sit there. I'm not one of these people that thinks TNA is doomed. You know, because I've seen it before. You learn from history. 
All you need is the right person putting it in the right direction. And this ship can straighten itself out. But right now, it's just not happening. I really hope it does. I really hope it does. Uh, I talked to uh, Wade Keller from the PW Torch earlier this week and had a, a great time on his podcast, as I always do. And I'm pretty sure the only reason he invited me on his podcast was because I told you guys to tweet him a couple weeks ago. So, th- <laughs> so thank you for that. But um, the reason why I bring it up is because uh, Wade Keller and a couple other guys were teasing that there was going to be a big uh, movement that 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 one day that this week was going to be a big week for pro wrestling, and the reason for that ended up being this new streaming service that is going to be uh, streaming what I thought was basically all the indies. Indies originally, it sounded like everything that wasn't on the WWE network, except maybe TNA, was going to be a part of this deal. Then we found out it was really just WWN. Which is okay. Flow Sports. Flow Sports is basically starting something to, similar to the WWE Network, but for the indies. Uh, they've uh, announced an exclusive partnership with WWN, which includes Evolve, Shine, Full Impact Pro, uh, a couple other organizations. Um, and, and you're going to be able to see the independent pay-per-views live internet pay-per-views, you know, you'll be able to see them live, you'll be able to uh, look through the archive of these independent wrestling organizations, this is the place where you'll see people like Timothy Thatcher, who's amazing, by the way, I don't know how WWE hasn't done anything with Timothy Thatcher, uh, but Zack Sabre Jr. is there, Tony Nese is there, you can see Drew Gulak uh, uh, at the height of Drew Gulak, uh, but I do think it is a, a problem right now, I'm going to check it out, I will tell you this, um, from Flow Sports, but it's $20 a month or $150 a year. And it says uh, annual subscribers receive universal pass to all premium content uh, across the network, which is Flow Wrestling, Flow Grappling, Flow Combat. It's a big organization that streams a lot of amateur sports, uh, which I think is cool. And I think that there is a space for non-WWE-related wrestling, especially in this streaming platform, but I think you got to do what I was saying before. I think everybody's got to work together. Even TNA. Take your ego down and make a deal and be a part of it. Um, for me, if Flow Sports added the New Japan Network to this package, then I think it's a no-brainer. You can get it on Roku and Apple TV, by the way. Um, if they added the New Japan Network... It's a no-brainer. If they were able to get Pro Wrestling Guerrilla and Ring of Honor, it's a no-brainer. But without New Japan, without Ring of Honor, and without Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, it's difficult to make the claim that you're getting everything. Like, I need to know that I have the WWE Network at $9.99 a month, and then everything else is available over here. Even if you don't have TNA, that's fine. If you've got WWN as well as PWG, Ring of Honor, New Japan, maybe something from Mexico too, AAA, then I'm in. I'm totally in. $20 a month is a huge price tag. Uh, and it isn't really, but it is because WWE is 10 bucks a month. And WWE's value is so high. 
I mean, their production value is first class, better than uh, most professional sports. Their production value is amazing. Uh, 19 live pay-per-views a year, original programming, the archive of stuff going back to the 70s, WCW, ECW. Like, there's no better value in streaming, I don't think, than the WWE Network. It's an incredible, incredible thing, and I love it probably more now than I did the day it came out, and I loved it the day it came out. I hope that Flow Sports is able to bring on some more organizations. I think this is the exact right place to start. Evolve and Shimmer and places like that. Like, this is the right place to start. But in order to really feel like a package that wrestling fans need to have, I think you need to to go beyond uh, just WWN. You know, and and I and again, it's the right place to start, and that's and I'm I'll be watching it, I'm sure. But you need to go beyond that and get some of these other organizations, and then you've got something that's a real competitor, because then it's like okay, I could have WWE or I could have everything else. This isn't everything else yet. Hopefully, it will get there. If it gets there, then you're talking about something cool that really is a life changer for a lot of wrestlers. If it's just WWE, it's a life changer for a few, but not not as much as it could be. It's not the big impact move that it could be. Um, you know, I loved... I'll tell you what I didn't get to talk about last week because I wasn't caught up on it yet, but I caught up on it this week and I tweeted about it. Uh, again, talking smack, I can't get over how good that show is. And the interaction... This week was, fu- it was a fun show. You know, James El- Ellsworth and... Renee and Daniel asked all the good questions to James Ellsworth, and that doesn't usually happen on WWE TV. But, like, this week's Talking Smack, I think the best moment was probably Daniel Bryan talking about the violence that Dean Ambrose has inside of him and the punishment that he could very well inflict on uh, young James Ellsworth. And I think that that's a good point to make. Look, you know, going forward, I loved the finish of SmackDown this week. The whole show of SmackDown this week was good. It flew by, lots of different stories being told. There were two women's segments. Two women's segments. And they didn't feel like women's segments. They just felt like segments. The Alexa Bliss segment and the and the Nikki Bella-Natalia match. You know, they just felt like good segments. Alexa Bliss pulling out that four life, NWO, Macho Man Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, uh, Yellow Stripe, down uh, down Becky Lynch's back. That was a great segment. And and uh, 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 what's her face? Ah, I'm blanking. There's so many people going on. I got so many thoughts going through my head about what happened on SmackDown. Alexa Bliss is very quickly becoming the MVP of that division, at least on SmackDown, if not even further. She is one of the best female performers on the roster by a mile. I love what Alexa Bliss is doing right now. Um, And that segment was fantastic. She comes across like a believable bad guy. Not a girl bad guy, but a bad guy. And it's great. And she has this confidence about her, and she's athletic, and it all seems legit, and I buy it, and it's fun to watch, and it's good. The Nikki Bella Carmella story is still a great story being told. And it really is a shame 
that that story is so much better told than the Sasha Charlotte story because Sasha and Charlotte are two once in a life like Sasha and Charlotte in a women's division are like Stone Cold and The Rock to have both of those performers in the same division at the same time at the same place in their career and for it to happen right now it's no surprise that the whole subsection that the whole roster the the, the division has been rejuvenated and has been revolutionized but the fact that those two amazing athletes those two unbelievable performers don't have the right story going into hell in a cell is like a crime it, it at the end of the day it's still history for the sake of history you know it wasn't this 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 is the female version of owens versus zane this is batman versus the joker this is everything okay this is years of rivalry 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 coming up to the main roster rivalry 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 and that's not being told well that's not being translated to anybody at home and there's no excuse for it because you got three hours to do it not two three and it's still not happening uh so it's a real shame uh i'm still very excited about the match at hell in a cell but it's a shame that that it's not being portrayed a little bit better and and there's your example all of a sudden you care about what's going on between carmella and nikki bella why because their names rhyme. I'm just kidding. Because a good story is being told. That's what it's all about. On Raw, you had a, a non-title match between the New Day and Cesaro and Sheamus that Cesaro and Sheamus won. Clean. Who cares now? They're like, oh, can they do that at the pay-per-view? Just give them the titles now. They just beat the champions. What difference does it make? It's another example of the pay-per-view match happening before the pay-per-view and i'm sure the new day will win at the pay-per-view but it doesn't add drama because you do it all the time it it doesn't add drama to have sheamus and cesaro win a match on raw and then wrestle a rematch for the titles at the pay-per-view and lose like that's that's cookie cutter whereas i was thinking the same thing i go really are we doing the dean ambrose aj styles match on smackdown when you know that that's the match you want to head into a pay-per-view with but you know what they did? They got creative. They turned it into a story. They kept it compelling with James Ellsworth kicking AJ Styles in the face. It was just this little element that they add into the story that made it compelling. It was great. And now Dean Ambrose is looking at, 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 at Mike Chioda in the ring going, what are you doing, dude? Why would you do that? Now I have to disqualify him before he rang the bell. I thought it was just all so well orchestrated. And so much fun to watch. And I don't really get that feeling watching Raw. Um, but Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack, bringing up to James Ellsworth how bad Dean Ambrose could hurt him. I thought that was a great question. But I bring up Talking Smack because I didn't talk about it last week. Um, talking Smack last week. The interaction between Baron Corbin and Daniel Bryan was one of the best things that I've seen it's definitely it's probably my favorite wrestling thing all month, if not longer. A long time ago on the podcast, I was complaining about the fear and the reverence 
that wrestlers have for authority figures in WWE. This is when Stephanie was marching around and bad guy Charlotte was scared because the boss yelled at her. And I was like, what are you doing? And the same thing tends to happen. And I don't know if it's, it's because they're new. I don't know if they don't know how to react in the moment. I don't know what it is. But Baron Corbin going on that show and not giving Daniel Bryan an inch and telling him, no, like staying true to his character. He understands his character because it's a, it's, a, it's a heightened version of him, I'm sure, when he goes, I know I'm better than you. I didn't have to do what you had to do. Give me the same opponents that you had, and I'll beat them better than you did. The interaction between Baron Corbin and Daniel Bryan was so good because it established Baron Corbin's character better than most characters have been established in quite some time. And it lended credibility to the fact that he doesn't care if Daniel Bryan is a legend. He doesn't care about what Daniel Bryan's accomplished. He's doing what most of these guys that we're watching should be doing, only caring about themselves. It's not about like, oh, you know, I'm the best on the roster right now, but isn't The Rock great? No. No. If you're on the roster right now, you should consider yourself the best on the planet of all time. Not like, oh, I'm going to win the championship, but I'm no Stone Cold. Who? What? Go back to 99. 1999, if Hogan walks into WWE all Hollywooded out being like, hey man, I'm the legend, I accomplished a lot in this company, Stone Cold is flipping him off and dropping a stunner on him. The Rock is raising his eyebrow, spitting on his hand, and slapping him in the face. Because these are guys that are impressed by themselves, not by those that came before them. And... WWE has no problem, no problem paying respect to the wrestlers that came before. What they do have a problem with is portraying the wrestlers now the way they should be portrayed. Uh, So that is why I loved the Baron Corbin segment so much. That is why I thought I should take a minute to highlight it because it was great. It was why Talking Smack is so good. It's what needs to be done with more and more uh, characters these days. It was just, it was it was really good. I was laughing, by the way, at uh, uh, James Ellsworth cheering on Dean Ambrose on SmackDown. Because I was just thinking about, you know, in, a, in, the, in the character world, if I'm Dean Ambrose and I look and James Ellsworth is going, you can do it. I'm like, yeah, James, I know I can do it. I don't need you telling me that. Like, what are you talking about, James Ellsworth? Of course I can do it. I don't need you to tell me that. It'd be like if I was doing a radio show and I don't know, some dude that's never done radio before or some like uh, 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 no-name dude is just sitting there being like, Sam, keep it up, man. You're doing a great show. I go, how would you know? <laughs> how, how would you know if I was doing a great show? It, was, it, just, it just made me laugh. I just thought it was funny. I love the dynamic um, and I'm interested in seeing where it goes next. I think it's cool. I think it's good. Um, you know, I'll tell you this, I should have mentioned it last week, but I would not be surprised to see Bray Wyatt get involved in a coffin match soon. I believe that's why coffins were brought out. I think they're testing the waters, and I think Bray Wyatt is the perfect guy to further the legacy of the coffin match. Uh, I was talking about it on Wade Keller's podcast, and 
I like uh, I like that Randy Orton is getting involved with the Wyatts. I don't think it'll be a long term thing, but bringing back some of that Viper dumb into Randy Orton, you know, not being such a good guy, being a little sneaky, uh, I think it's good, and I'm anxious to see where it goes. I think it's a I think it's the right thing both for uh, Randy Orton and for Bray Wyatt right now. I think it works for everybody, and I'm 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 very very happy about it. All right, let's talk about what was good on Raw. That was Mick Foley's promo. And this was one that uh, people had uh, mixed opinions on. I posted it on social media. And some people, a lot of people agreed with me. And a few people did not agree with me. But Mick Foley's promo on Raw. Where he explained what Hell in a Cell does to people. Is exactly what I had been looking for. For the entire build up to this pay-per-view. Do you understand that up until, that's the go-home show. And up until that moment, we had never really gotten in-depth on how dangerous the Hell in a Cell match was. That's why it doesn't make sense to do it just because it's time for the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. That's why Daniel Bryan was right to make fun of him because they're, 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 they're bragging because they're doing three Hell in a Cell matches. Okay, so you're doing three Hell in a Cell matches. Why are you doing any? What's the point of any of them? That hasn't been established. You spent all this time developing your Hell in a Cell matches, but not why you're doing them. Uh, and I'm, that's why I'm glad Daniel Bryan brought that up. And I thought it was funny that he brought it up because the story of what the Hell in a Cell is, uh, uh, why two people would choose to do this to themselves, none of that has been brought up. Mick Foley going in there and uh, when he was talking about his hip bone, when he was talking about how his life was changed, the whole thing, I just thought it was right on. I was just, yes, Mick, this is what people need to hear. A reminder of how dangerous, because right now, it's Hell in a Cell matches for the sake of Hell in a Cell matches. And if that's why they're happening, then Nobody's going to be afraid of him. Nobody's going to be like, whoa, this could get dangerous. No, why would it get dangerous? We're just doing them for the sake of doing them, you know? Um, so I, I thought that it finally paid reverence to the importance of the match. It finally, and it was probably not enough, but it finally painted the match with the importance that it should be painted in. This whole time, I'm sitting there going, I was never answered as to why Sasha the champion would challenge her toughest challenger to a Hell in a Cell match if she already had the title. You know, it it made it so that the whole story made no sense. At least Mick Foley coming in, he gave some reason for being. He gave something to look forward to because other than that, no story was being told. And there was a lot of criticism about uh, bringing up Eddie Guerrero again. And it it wasn't necessary. And I don't think Sasha Banks is actually part of Eddie Guerrero's legacy. You know, um... I think he inspires her, um, and he inspires a lot of people. But I don't, I don't see how Sasha would be part of Eddie's legacy. I don't know why we have to keep bringing Eddie Guerrero up to tell you the truth. But I didn't, I didn't mind it. I didn't think it, I wasn't uh, uh, distraught by it by any stretch of the imagination. I was like, oh, okay, that's weird that you brought up Eddie Guerrero, but fine. Um, I think that there's so much more story to be told between Sasha and Charlotte that just isn't getting told. You know, it doesn't really matter the legacy this, the legacy that. The legacy exists within Sasha and Charlotte already. Their feud is years and years old. 
this could be a culminating thing, but it's not. Um, you know, I, I, they did what they could with Roman and Rusev. Uh, uh, the 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 uh, I don't know how you're gonna get anybody to get all that excited about that match, but the, I thought the promos were fine, and and people were a little weirded out that Rusev seemed more like a good guy than Roman Reigns, but he's not a good guy because Rusev's marriage uh, incites people. Lana brags about it. You know what I mean? Like she, they're not nice. They don't deserve uh, our, our accolades. So that's why I didn't consider. I didn't. I didn't mind what they said. Uh, and of course, I mean, look. Here's one of the big problems on Raw right now. We talk about the world title or the, uni- the championship of the universe being on the line in a Hell in a Cell match. You need to turn Jericho into a good guy yesterday. It's not, Jericho is the most popular person on Raw right now. And it's not allowing Seth Rollins to become a good guy. It's not allowing Kevin Owens to get anything out of his title run. It's not allowing anything to happen. And it's not Jericho's fault. All he's doing, and and by the way, if I'm saying this, he's blocked me on Twitter. I would love nothing more than to just talk about how terrible Jericho was doing, but he's not doing terrible. He's doing amazing. And I said this last week, but the fact that he has not been turned yet is stifling the show. You can't you're not you can't get things done on the show anymore. You can't get anything done because everybody's obsessed with Jericho and his list. He's gotta you he's gotta uh uh, uh do something. There something has to happen at the pay per view. This pay per view needs to end. On Jericho as a good guy chasing Owens for the title. Give him a couple months. Then Seth Rollins needs to come back. But here's what's happened. I'm sure of it. They've probably already locked in to this WrestleMania with Triple H versus Seth Rollins, with this guy versus this guy. And it like things change. And you've got to change on the fly. Nobody even remembers that Triple H interfered in that fatal four-way match because they're obsessed with Jericho. And they're obsessed with the Jericho-Kevin Owens story. That story means more than anything else that's going on right now. So look, change it up. You have to. There's no other option. Coming out of Hell in a Cell, Jericho needs to be chasing Kevin Owens for the title. After that, Seth Rollins can take the title from Kevin Owens and defend it at WrestleMania. Or he can win the Royal Rumble. Once Seth Rollins wins the title as a good guy, that's when Finn Balor comes back and tries to get it from him. But it's right there laid out for you. And by the way, if things change between now and then, shake it up. Do something different. But to just sit there and like, no, 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 we're going to stay the course. We're going to stay the course. You can't. You can't. If Chris Jericho does not separate himself from Kevin Owens by the end of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, then something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. Because right now, the show cannot go on as scheduled because it's too big of a distraction. I mean, at one point, Jericho comes out and Michael Cole goes, "Uh, you know, uh, people have been referring to Chris Jericho as prissy lately. Which is a last-ditch effort. You know that that is somebody in Michael Cole's ear going, 
Uh, make sure you call it prissy. Let the audience know that Jericho is a bit of a priss. They won't like a priss. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. He's too entertaining. And you can't do this sort of, maybe uh, there's kind of a good guy, kind of a bad guy. No. No, because nobody can, can get over the way they should get over. On SmackDown, Dean Ambrose is a good guy. AJ Styles is a bad guy. Kane is a good guy. Bray Wyatt is a bad guy. Randy Orton was a good guy. Now he's a bad guy. Even this shades of gray nonsense that was going on during the Attitude Era was nonsense. It wasn't true. Stone Cold was a good guy. Then The Rock was a bad guy. Then The Rock was a good guy. Then Stone Cold was a bad guy. Then Stone Cold was back to a good guy. And Mankind was a good guy who wanted the affection of a bad guy, Vince McMahon. But he was really still a good guy. Vince McMahon was a bad guy. Throughout the Attitude Era, you name me a guy and I will tell you if they were a good guy or a bad guy. Al Snow was a good guy. DX was good guys. It was a different way of doing things. Well, not when they first started. In the, when they first, first started, they were bad guys with Triple H and Sean. Then they became good guys with X-Pac because X-Pac is a real good guy. But it, I mean, it's it's crystal clear, it's crystal clear, you know, and it's and it and it's so interesting because it's very clearly the fault of the uh, storytelling. It's not any wrestler's fault, and I feel bad for Roman Reigns because of it. Roman Reigns took a lot of heat for a lot of time about uh, WWE not being great television, but Roman Reigns is not in the main event anymore, and people still do not care about the main event for Hell in a Cell which is unfortunate because Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens in Hell in a Cell is a wet dream come true. Okay, yeah, that's what my wet dreams are about. It gets weird sometimes. But it's not, and and that's why I don't I don't I'm not sitting there faulting anybody any of the wrestlers at all because this is what I want to see. But I've said it, I said it, I've said it for weeks now. And it's very clear. Raw has the better roster. SmackDown has the better stories, and SmackDown's winning by a lot. By a lot. You can improve Raw, but you have to tell stories. You have to, and they're not being told right now. Uh, Thanks for listening to this story. This has been uh, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I hope I didn't leave anything out. I, yeah, like, uh, and and I kind of feel like uh, it kind of stinks. NXT, I feel like, has become just kind of a, a, a... uh, a showcase uh, uh, promotion. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a, an exhibition thing. NXT, and, and, I, and maybe because the NXT head writer is on SmackDown now, but the the Toronto thing, pay-per-view is shaping up cool to take over. You know, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a showcase. I can't wait to see uh, Nakamura and Samoa Joe for that title. I can't. Uh, I think Oscar versus Mickey James is going to be great. Ty Gillinger versus Bobby Roode, awesome. You know, look at the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Invitational. It's a lot of it is made up of of uh, the cruiserweights. Showcase, showcase, showcase. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but NXT fall. NXT doesn't need it as badly because NXT, you know. NXT is NXT. It's a special little thing over on the side. 
uh, I would say concentrate on getting some stories happening on Monday Night Raw, then worry about injecting some storylines back into NXT. You know what I almost forgot to talk about? Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. How could I have forgotten to talk about that if you're not excited for this big Survivor Series match after Monday's promo from Paul Heyman? My God, I don't know what happened on Monday. I can only imagine that it was supposed to go one way. I, I if If you wanted Brock Lesnar to get booed, I don't know why you would schedule him to do that promo in Minnesota, uh, in his hometown, but they did. It was a disaster. Um, it was really awkward to watch. And, like, you know, I was talking about my business acumen before. As somebody who kind of pays attention to that stuff, I would feel like I was wasted so much money. You know how much it costs WWE to get Brock Lesnar to show up to a TV taping? There's only so many... TV tapings in his contract, which means it's a big fat contract. So if you divide that up per taping, they're spending a lot of money to have Brock Lesnar on TV. The fact that they spent all that money and that's what they got, it was really awkward. And I read, I think Dave Meltzer reported that uh, Vince McMahon pulled the plug on the thing. That's why, you know, it seemed kind of abrupt when Brock Lesnar's music just played and Paul Heyman kind of threw his microphone. I can't imagine how furious Vince must have been after that promo. I can't imagine. But honestly, if the problem was that Paul needed people to boo and they were cheering, I can't fully blame Paul Heyman for that. And that's not just because I'm a bit of a Paul Heyman guy, but come on. If you want Goldberg to get, if you want Brock Lesnar to get booed and Goldberg to get cheered, you don't put Brock Lesnar in front of his home audience, in front of his hometown crowd. You know that's what it seemed like they were trying to do. Bill Brock Lesnar, but I'm telling you, in front of that audience, Brock Lesnar could have followed my advice and come out and said he was going to murder Goldberg's family, and Brock Lesnar's fans would have cheered for him because they were in Minnesota. So I I, I don't know. And I mean, I can only imagine that the build for that match, I don't know if that match was supposed to be announced on Raw or if it was just supposed to be made clear. But like, it just seemed like they just threw it up on Twitter yesterday. Like, "Ah, okay, they're going to wrestle at Survivor Series. Why? If I were Goldberg and I was watching that promo, I'd be like, yeah, I think my work's done here. Uh, I don't think I have that much else to prove. That was worse than than John Cena calling out The Rock for for writing on his arm. Remember that one? It's the best and the worst for The Rock. I mean, this was really bad. And if stuff gets real between Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, Goldberg can bring this up. You guys can't even hype a a fight right. Now I'm worried about what's going to happen when Goldberg shows up next week on Raw. Who are the fans going to cheer for? and And by the way, by the way, That is exactly what happened when Goldberg and Brock Lesnar actually wrestled. When Goldberg and Brock Lesnar actually wrestled, they got booed out of the building because they were both leaving. And you know what happened? They couldn't put on a match whatsoever. The match stunk Madison Square Garden up to the heavens. And what happens? Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman get out on Raw. They don't get the audience, the reaction they expected from... Well, they probably got the reaction they expected from the audience, but not the one that they needed. 
and the segment just goes nuclear. The segment is a colossal failure. So I, 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 I don't know because the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar match is very, very valuable, and it'll still be valuable. You know, I don't, this doesn't really hurt it long term. Um, but this match is really putting Survivor Series on the map. This match is showcasing the fact that co-branded pay-per-views are going to be huge. That Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, WrestleMania are must-watch shows because of this match. So you can't afford to have many more uh, uh, flop segments building this matchup like we saw on Raw. But hey, what do I know? Uh, uh, not good. Not good. Um, you know, Paul can come back, and Paul took a self-deprecating shot at himself online, uh, which I thought was good. Yeah, acknowledging it, but I guess you always, you, you gotta have one law. You can't go undefeated. You can't go undefeated, Paul Heyman. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to follow at NotSam on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, I have an interview scheduled between now and then that I think you're going to uh, like a lot. It's a person that's been on the show, but not for a while. So I'm very excited uh, uh, to have this person on the podcast. Uh, she should be good. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, boo. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Tune in. Same bad time, same bad channel. Subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.